Entrepreneur on Fire 698. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Meetings are essential to the way we work. Thankfully, we have Citrix GoToMeeting, the powerfully simple way to meet online, anywhere, anytime. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use a promo code FIRE. Time to drop the candy bar and the potato chips. They're just not good for you. You can do what I do. Get natural, delicious snacks at naturebox.com. And now you can get a free first trial box at naturebox.com slash fire. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Eric Luthart. Eric, are you prepared to ignite I am prepared to ignite. (laughs) Nice. Eric is a neurosurgeon who is currently an associate professor at Washington University in St. Louis. He's also an entrepreneur and founder of five companies. Eric, I've given a little overview of your business, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally, and then give us an overview of your business. Sure. So uh, again, just as far as background, I I am a neurosurgeon. I um, I, uh, am always been interested in kind of multidisciplinary approaches. And so uh, kind of in that vein, I'm also a, uh, uh, an associate professor of engineering and uh, biomedical engineering and mechanical engineering. Um, and I run a center for innovation in neuroscience and technology where we create a bunch of medical devices. And I guess, uh, you know, beyond the uh, technical and science stuff, I also am you know, an avid writer and uh, actually just recently published my first fiction novel, uh, just in the past six months called Red Devil 4. And when do you sleep, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> I'm efficient with my time. Let's just put it that way. No, I love how you put that. And it's so true because so many people are just saying, you know, John, how do you do a daily podcast? Eric, how are you like associate professors at like 10 universities and writing books and doing all these different things? The reality is Parkinson's law. Tasks will expand to the time that you allot them. So Eric, I'm sure you set a time limit to write your book, and you wrote that book in the time limit, in the time that you had, as well as every other task and opportunity that you've experienced in your life. And we're going to dive into this and so much more, Fire Nation. But before we do, Eric has a little success quote for us. So take it away. So I guess uh, the, the, the theme that I live by is failure is common, success is inevitable. That, you know, I think that you always run into obstacles. You always kind of, you know, have things that you knock you down. But I think that grit and persistence is really what, you know, it leads the day in terms of having a successful outcome. Failure is common. Success is inevitable. So can you kind of break down maybe that last part of it? Because I'm a little curious too. Like, what do you kind of read into that as far as success being inevitable? Well, I think there's several elements. Is One is this this notion of persistence that, you know what, there's times that you just have to, uh, you know, deal with uh, things that come your way. You have to go at it. You have to not get discouraged. You have to pick yourself up and you have to keep always keep moving forward. And and also that sometimes when the, there does not seem to be an obvious solution or there does not seem to be an easy way out or there, you know, that or that it just sometimes some things just don't seem possible that if you are of the mindset that this is where you're going, that I think that in it commonly that uh, opportunities present themselves in, in a very kind of unexpected ways that lead you to moving forward in the, in the vein that you would like to move. 
And so I think that always having this mindset of that, this is the direction I'm going and I'm going to make it happen. And when there's those moments when I can't seem to make it happen, I'm that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. And, uh, and as you keep, keep doing that, um, that, you know, things, success happens. And, um, and it's not an accident. It, you know, it's just that you got to keep on, you know, hammering away. You know, Eric, you actually keyed and honed in on my second favorite word for entrepreneurs, and that is perseverance. It is so critical to every entrepreneur's journey. Uh, perseverance has to be one of those main ingredients to success. And Eric, what I want to do with this interview, with our chat right here, I mean, let's be honest. Right now, Fire Nation's listening. They're like, okay, this you know published author, neurosurgeon, like head of engineering departments at universities, like all these different things that I've already you know kind of forgotten, but I'm impressed with. <laughs> um, you know, there's a chasm here between like yourself and and, and the listener, you know, who may be an, a entrepreneur or a sidepreneur or any of these things. So we like to tell stories to kind of close that chasm to kind of bring us together here. And we start with a failure because we've all failed. So Eric, tell us a story of a time in your journey and, you know, potentially your entrepreneurial journey when you, Eric Luthart, failed and what lessons did you learn? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, maybe the most fundamental one is when I was a kid, they told, they told me I was a slow learner. <laughs> so <laughs> they said I wasn't that smart, you know, you know, you should probably get used to that. And I thought to myself, well, okay, um, I get, you know, and again, that, that's, you know, a long, long time ago, but I thought to myself, well, maybe if I'm not that smart, that, um, I'll just work hard and, uh, um, and I'll try to make up for it that way. And, you know, the thing is, it's just that, you know, we all, you know, have deficits that are either self-imposed or imposed upon us by others. And you know what? My philosophy is, well, I'll just work hard. And as it turned out, actually, I wasn't that dumb. And, uh, <laughs> I truly believe that work ethic and kind of cognitive persistence, meaning you're always trying to learn, always trying to improve your mind, does indeed make you smarter. You're not born smart or dumb. You are born, you know, with the capacity to learn and your brain, just like your body, for instance, you can train yourself to become a, uh, um, a marathon runner, right? You don't just start running a marathon. You work up to it. And, you know, I think that that's true for your mind and your effort in that you take small steps first and you expand yourself and you move a little bit further. And then before you know it, you get a lot along, uh, you get along further than you ever thought you could have, you know, four months, six months, two years, you know, uh, um, than you could previously. And so, um, I, you know, I always think you just put one foot in front of the other and you keep moving. And, uh, um, and so, you know, you know, again, I, I certainly have been successful in a number of ways, but you know what? I started off as a, you know, a, a relatively, you know, a uh, kid from very uh, um, humble means, you know, with not a lot of high expectations for my future prog, you know, and, and you know what, again, you just, you know, you, you turn one small success into two larger successes and you turn those two larger successes into something bigger. And um, you're kind of always investing your time and your effort into moving forward. So, Eric, let me break in here for one second because I think this is such a valuable point. I mean, you, Eric, as a young kid, could have just taken this 
outside opinion, this outside influence, and just made it the truth for the rest of your life and always gone forward, you know, ho-hum, I'm slow, I'm never going to be that smart, and just accepted that as a reality when that was obviously not the reality. In fact, you created your own reality. So Fire Nation, where are you letting outside influences distort your perception of yourself or of the path that you can take or of the opportunities you have before you and shrug those off and make your own reality like Eric did. So Eric, let's go forward a little bit um, to a time, you know, when you did have a failure as an entrepreneur or, you know, just as an adult of some kind. So take it away. My first company called Neurolutions. And I think one of the failures that we, we ran into was, again, maybe as some background, the company is a brain-computer interface company, basically a device that decodes signals from the brain to allow people to control a device with their thoughts. Originally, uh, and one of my lab's big efforts was on this signal coming from the surface of the brain called ECOG. And again, I won't get too into the depth of the (laughs) details, but um, basically it's thought-controlled devices. And originally it was going to be a surgical implant to help spinal cord injury patients. And you know, we were really committed to this. You know, I had a great CEO. I had uh, um, great data, you know, scientifically. And as it turned out, this is around 2008. And uh, um, the risk appetite from a venture capital standpoint was zero, meaning that if it required, you know, high level of FDA regulations, if it required, um, you know, any level of kind of a substantial investment to, to make it through the FDA, venture capitalists just weren't interested. And it really, you know, and to the point that we were really thinking, mm, I don't know if this is going to go forward. And it really forced us to kind of kind of regroup and reevaluate because we were essentially going for you know, what I would call the, the home run technology, meaning we were going to create kind of a surgical implant that would give you this very high level complex control and uh, um, would really do a lot of great things. Now, because the investment environment was so risk averse, we actually changed our tack and we, and in in some senses, it ended up being a better technology where we basically said, okay, we're not going to make it a surgical implant. We're going to make it a non-invasive implant that does more modest things in terms of control. I mean, it gets, gives you much simpler control, but we're going to use it for a different uh, patient population. As it turned out, it was for stroke population. And, and which is now in clinical trials and preliminarily is showing some great results. And so we basically said, okay, we're going to go for a lower bar in a different population. And, and as it turned out, that different population had a much larger market. And what I think that, that, that it forced us to fundamentally reassess, uh, kind of what we were doing. And it was, it was, it took some soul searching because I had to essentially let go of some kind of true kind of personal sacred cows because my academic career was built around this signal taken from the surface of the brain. I had to use a whole new signal and, uh, and, and figure out a whole new way to use it for a different population. And I think that, um, sometimes that this kind of, you know, again, that was a failure. It was, you know, we weren't able to push that forward. So I had to pivot. I really had to kind of reassess, retool and take a different tack. And as it turned out that, uh, um, now, you know, once we kind of really kind of reassessed after, essentially the market spoke to us, you know, they weren't in, the market at that time was not interested in a high risk 
invasive implant. Okay, so but I took the tools and the knowledge that I had and I pivoted towards a less invasive application that gave more modest benefit to a larger population. And then, you know, what we've had, it's been in terms of then we had no problems getting investment from, I think, some great venture capitalist partners, uh, from some kind of, you know, high net worth people. And now we're in clinical trials. And I, I think hopefully we're going to have a very big raise in January um, with some of our preliminary data from our clinical trials. So that was, um, that was a failure. And, uh, um, but it was this kind of, you know, forced reassessment uh, because my expectations of what was going to happen didn't happen, but it forced me to kind of uh, essentially change, kind of change strategy. So Eric, what I'm really taking out of this and what I want to reiterate for Fire Nation is this phrase that you use that I actually loved, which is let go of your sacred cows. You know, if the, just the reality is there's no reason for them to be sacred in the current market environs as you see it. And what you had to do, Eric, was let go of some yeah. of those sacred cows that you really thought, you know, had these preconceived notions of and instead listen to your market and adjust off their feedback. And that for you, Eric, you know, is going to be what turns out to be the key to your success. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, it's always this careful balance of listening to the world as mm-hmm. a you, meaning, you know, some people say, you know what, I don't like this or I'm not going to pay for this. <laughs> and, you know, okay. And th- that balance against the, Again, vision, you know, meaning I still think brain computer interfaces in this example are important and I got to figure out a way to make them, them important to the, to the way the world wants it. And, um, again, always kind of finding this tight balance of, I'm going to hear what the world says and then kind of re-internalizing that with the things that I think are important and, and, and providing a new option in that internal matrix. So it's, you're not completely just a, a pinball to the needs and the, uh, of the world, but you you listen to it and, and you react to it and you're proactive to it to really uh, with your still v- the vision that you maintain in your mind and and you, but and sometimes it requires giving up things that you think are sacred. But you know what? You realize maybe they aren't that sacred. So Eric, I'm definitely on board and a fan of that balancing act that we as entrepreneurs and as business owners and just as human beings need to continuously be measuring the outside influence, the outside opinions. Again, you had to balance that outside opinion when you were young age being told that, hey, you're kind of slow, Eric. You had to balance that opinion, reject it, and move forward. But in this latest venture, you've had to take some of that outside opinion, adjust, and move forward in a different direction. So Fire Nation, the balancing act is always going to be there. And it's our job to continue to try to interpret it in the best that we can at that time. And, and Eric, let's go to the other end of the spectrum and talk about an aha moment or a light bulb that went off for you at some point as an entrepreneur. So tell us that story, Eric, and then walk us through the steps that you took to turn that great idea into success. So this actually relates to my second company, OsteoVantage. And uh, for a long time, uh, me and one of my main partners in crime and mentor, his name's Dan Moran, he's a biomedical engineer. We were really interested in this idea of, uh, so people who have orthopedic implants, people who have spine surgery, all of it revolves around, you know, screws and rods. Basically, it's almost like carpentry. You know, you put screws into the bone to hold two pieces of bone together, whether it be a fracture or an unstable spine, what have you. And one of the things that we knew was that electric fields promoted bone growth. So you can use electric fields, for instance, to help bones grow together after they've been injured or you're trying to get two bones to fuse. We wanted to use the hardware that people use commonly today 
as almost antennas so that we could basically have the, that, that implanted hardware allow electric fields to go through them. Now, that's actually kind of a hard thing to do. And so we were figuring out, trying to figure out ways to insulate a part of the screw and not insulate the other part of the screw. And again, I covered them with plastic. I covered them with Teflon. But again, if, you're, if you can imagine putting a screw into wood, it strips all that stuff off. And so we were really in me, I, you know, I met with my old physics professor from college. I, I, you know, I met. And so finally, Dan and I, again, it was just this random thing. I think we were drinking Coca-Cola and looking at a Trek bicycle. And we realized that, for instance, the way that you make different titanium, different colors is you anodize them. Basically, the normal process that people do to colorize titanium, like so you want, whether you want your Trek bike to be purple or you want it to be yellow, you vary the thickness of the anodization. And as it turns out, that is insulating. And so we figured out to, a way to turn the normal titanium that people use in implants to be either conductive or insulating. And that allows us to completely control electric fields in these implants and then essentially cr create a, a whole new method to control bone growth in the body. And uh, it was that, you know, and, and the way that, and the reason I mentioned the Coca-Cola is that we anodized originally. We anodized titanium by boiling it in Coca-Cola, and so and running a, a running a, a electric field through it. And uh, so it was a combination that we thought, well, what if we anodize this? And um, and so that was this kind of deep moment of just again, just being ready for the idea to pop into our heads. And it, because we really beat against it, you know, for you know a year and a half or two years to figure out the right way to do this, and finally. It's almost it, it percolates up through you, and we finally <laughs> just it, it kind of came to us, and so that was a big aha moment. Fire Nation, be open to the world sending you these signals, and you know this great Zig Ziglar quote that I continue to butcher on random episodes is, you know, what you talk about and do most in this world, you know, becomes a reality. And, and Eric was focused on this; he was looking for the answer. Then the answer came to him. And so, Eric, this is just one example of, you know, a really proud entrepreneurial moment that you've had. But if you could just tell us the story of your proudest entrepreneurial moment thus far, what would that be? I think one of the things related to my first company, Neurolutions, again, we're creating a brain computer interface to help stroke patients uh, restore function to their hand. And uh, our first patient, we call him patient zero, um, you know, he'd been working with it for four months and I remember walking out of my office and I saw him, uh, sitting, waiting for his ride to come pick him up. And, uh, um, you know, he looks at me and he said, you know, I was like, you know, hi, you know, I'm not going to say his name. And, uh, um, he's like, Dr. Luthart, um, you know, I haven't been able to put my pants on for four years. I can now put my pants on and button buttons. I can dress myself now. Wow. It was such a deeply moving moment that, this idea that we had, this effort that we had was becoming a reality for this guy. And, uh, um, and you know, he was choked up and I was choked up and um, because it really m meant that, you know, this idea had legs and it was going to make a difference. You know, at the very least, it was making a difference for this guy. And, you know, that was a moment that, I, you know, I really came home that, you know, turning your ideas into reality is such a a moving thing. And, uh, um, so yeah, that was one of my proudest moments, you know, and this guy, he continued to improve and, you know, is, you know, he's really kind of come back to life in a lot of ways as his wife describes. And so, uh, you know, having done something like that, that can scale now to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people really, um, it shook me. 
No, that's powerful. And I just listened to a great podcast by NPR about happiness and some TED Talks that were talked, you know, that were really focusing on this subject of happiness. And one quote that really stuck with me that kind of popped into my mind when you were sharing that story, Eric, is that gratefulness doesn't result, doesn't come from being happy. But happiness comes from being grateful. And this guy was so grateful that he could put on his pants himself, that he could dress himself for the first time, that guess what? He was happy for that. And that was the result of him being grateful for doing that action, of him being grateful to you, Eric, for making that possible. So just some food for thought there, Fire Nation. And you know, really kind of think about what you are grateful for right now and see what kind of emotions spur from that. I bet it's going to be emotions of happiness. And Eric, we're about to enter the lightning rounds, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Two words, Fire Nation, free snacks. Yes, I'm going to give you the chance to get free snacks. So drop the candy bar, drop the potato chips. They're not good for you. Do what I do. Get natural, delicious snacks at naturebox.com. Naturebox gives me hundreds of snacks, and I mean delicious snacks, and I don't feel guilty about eating them because they're better for me. They have zero artificial ingredients, zero trans fat, and zero high fructose corn syrup. You'll even find snacks that are low in sugar without the gluten. So in the afternoon slump when I'm hungry, here's what I do. I grab peanut butter nom noms from Nature Box or baked sweet potato fries or dark cocoa almonds. So good, but so good for you. And now I want to give you the chance to try Nature Box for free with a sampler box featuring five of their most popular snacks. You heard me, free snacks. To start your free trial, go to naturebox.com slash fire and get a free sample box of delicious snacks today. Being an entrepreneur comes with a lot of perks, including the freedom to decide when and where you get stuff done, traveling for meetings, going off-site to meet with clients. These type of things take significant time and can cause a major pileup when it comes to your workload. That's why millions of professionals rely on GoToMeeting by Citrix. It allows you to meet with anyone from any computer, tablet, or smartphone, from the comfort of your own home or office. Plus, you can schedule meetings in advance or on the fly. You're in control. Still looking for that face-to-face interaction? They've got you covered. GoToMeeting has HD video conferencing so you can share screens and glances in order to collaborate on projects in real time. I highly recommend GoToMeeting to work smarter and take even more control of your time and resources. Get started today. Try GoToMeeting for free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code FIRE. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code Fire. Eric, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sure. So what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Initially, ignorance to the process and uh, financing. What is the best advice, Eric, you've ever received? Become an expert at one thing and leverage those successes Uh, to many other successes in parallel. Mm, Love it. Share one of your personal habits, Eric, that you believe contributes to your success. I'm a compulsive list taker. So (laughs) that I I always keep a checklist. And so I have a daily, weekly, and long-term checklist. And I always uh, basically are balancing between those. Checklisting is huge. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? 
For me, it is my Samsung Papyrus uh, program uh, so that I can keep, keep my lists on, online and I can always check on them. No, that's great. When you said checklist, I was thinking about my favorite resource, which is Workflowy, which I love and I use as a to-do list, as a checklist, as a day, week, and month list as well. Super cool, super simple. And Samsung Papyrus, Fire Nation. You can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about at eofire.com slash Eric Luthart. Eric, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Atlas Shrugged. You know what? Because I think that uh, it may be to quote Ayn Rand, it's not what people will let me do, it is who will stop me. Powerful. Yeah, I can still remember where I was when I read that book. And it was actually a couple places because it's like a 10,000 page book, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty powerful one. So Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Eric, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world that's identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would get an internet account. I would uh, find the nearest library, figure out how I could get a job being a physician. Uh, I would start a scientific project and then I would uh, find out who are the movers and shakers so that I could uh, um, connect with them to start uh, talking about ideas. Well, Eric, there you have it. And thank you for rocking Fire Nation today. And let's end with you just giving us, our listeners, Fire Nation, one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Never doubt your own abilities. The world is there for that. The world will give you plenty of (laughs) doubt. You need to always believe in yourself so that you can believe in your ability to succeed. And once the first success is always the hardest, but once you succeed at one thing, that gives you, that makes the next success easier. Um, And as far as finding me, uh, there's several ways. You know, I have a a book website where I'm always blogging, which is uh, uh, www.reddevil4.com. Uh, which is the name of my book, and or you can find me at Washington University's uh, uh, website at uh, 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 just look up Eric Luthart and Neurosurgery St. Louis. Love it. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Eric and myself today. So keep up the heat. And Eric, Fire Nation knows they can go to eofire.com. Type Eric in the search bar and your show notes page will pop right up. So Eric, thank you for igniting the airways with me today. And Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Fire Nation, are you looking for an all-in-one platform that will not only help you build your website, but also help you increase your revenue? With Squarespace, every website comes with an online store to make it easy to feature your best products and services. Squarespace makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com, use offer code FIRE. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 